0: Well, good morning. We uh, are grateful that you're with us for this session. And uh, as you can see on the PowerPoint, it's going to be spiritual formation, systematic, relational, and organic discipleship. Uh, your facilitator today is pastor Shannon Wooten and, uh, he serves, uh, with uh, the church development uh, department or area. He is the area rep uh, for the greater Cincinnati area, and he also pastors at Destiny Church in Lebanon, Ohio. Lebanon, Ohio is about halfway between Cincinnati and Dayton, and uh, he's been there 11 years. Eleven years. So, uh, and again, um, if you're thinking you're in a different session, uh, again, this session a system, systemic relational organic. If, you, if this wasn't the session that you were wanting to be at, you have a chance to walk out right now. Okay, um, and uh, just uh, and if you would have questions after the session, is your email on the notes, sir? Yeah. Okay. Uh, pastor at My Destiny. A G Church or MyDestinyChurch.tv TV. Yes. Very good. So if you have questions, uh, uh, he will be able to respond by way of email. And um, so uh, at this time, let's welcome Pastor Shannon Wooten.
1: Amen. Thank, you, John. Thank you for attending the class. Uh, what I like for to do, what I like for us to do is um, get. Um, Maybe some questions that you want uh, that you have that you want to get out of this class uh, at this session. So and so if you have um, something that you're looking for out of discipleship or spiritual formation, some information that you want to leave with, uh, John can uh, write that on the chalkboard and we'll make sure we'll try to hit those uh, those questions. Uh, Do we have any handouts left? I do have notes. Uh, Is there are there any left? Okay, we may have, hand them out. I can, um, if you will email me, just shoot me an email. I have these in PDF and, uh, and also answer any questions you may have. Yes. So like how do I transition them to get them to see that that next stage of their own spiritual growth <coughs> to multiply themselves, disciple others. Okay, good. Good deal. Anyone else? I guess the best way or maybe tips to train mentors to <clears throat> Okay. To train mentors or uh tips to disciple other people or how to disciple others? Good. Any other Does the discipleship process ever stop? Okay. Does discipleship process ever stop? I can answer that now. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we'll, we'll hopefully we'll dive into that too in our notes today. Someone else had their hand up? Yes. Yeah. It's in your title, so I'm assuming you touched on it. But uh, kind of structuring organic. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll give you some key things today that will help form a, format that. Yes. I guess uh, your your thoughts on selection and who to invest most of your time in as disciples, possible disciples, because you obviously can't invest. Yeah, good, yeah, good question. So with, are you saying, like, who, picking out people, identifying? Personally, along with you, versus, you know, spending a lot of time with them. Good, I think we'll hit that today too. Yeah, that's good. Good question. Okay, anyone else, real quick before we. I think my question is the same as the ladies.
0: Maybe I frame it different. I don't know. You have an individual who's a member of a small group, comes to church, et cetera, but they don't comprehend discipleship. Right. How do you transition them? Is it a paradigm shift? What is it? Does yes. You enable them to see the difference.
1: Okay, good. I'm going to try to leave about 15 minutes of our class time for open discussion. And uh, your questions, hopefully we will hit this uh, in our notes today. Uh, If we don't, we'll come back to it uh, at our discussion time. And then also some of you may have uh, some suggestions or comments of what you're doing that you may seem to to share and help us as well. So, okay, well, let's let's go into this today. Uh, Spiritual formation, systematic, relational and organic discipleship. Uh, again, if you don't have notes, if I run out, you, just email me. I'll be happy to send you a PDF uh, format of my notes uh, and, and also to offer any resources or to help you uh, answer any questions or point you in the right direction as well. Uh, the first thing that I want uh, to make uh, mention of or at least uh, that I want you to see and think about is, is I think there needs to be a conviction, uh, a conviction for discipleship. You have to believe in it, and it's got to be in your very core. Um, I, think, I think, one, we know what Jesus told us uh, to make disciples. Uh, it was the second, uh, the second uh, commander's intent or his commandment to us uh, as a Christian, as the body of Christ. Uh, but first, I, I just want you to see this, that eight out of ten young Christians, uh, Christian adults in America, have no idea how to apply their faith to their daily living. Um, 8 out of 10 that give their heart to Christ do not know how to apply the Word of God or apply their Christian faith to their everyday life. Um, the, again, the mission of the church is the commander's orders. The commander is Jesus, and He commanded us and uh, on what to do. In Matthew chapter 28, uh, this is p- all part of forming that conviction for discipleship that... Um, this is what we do. This is who I am as a believer, as a church, as the body of Christ. This, we can do all other, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of programs, uh, all kinds of things. but we must do this because it's the commanders um, the, the commander's orders. In Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20, then Jesus came to them and said, "All authority in heaven on earth." has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything i have commanded you and surely i am with you always to the very end of the age first i just want to say out of this text that it's so comforting to know that not only did jesus give us those orders the commander's orders but he said i will be with you to help you do this so isn't it great to know that we have the help of the holy spirit and Jesus to help us do this. And so so He's for us. He's helping us. He's going to aid us and assist us. We just need to get um, our thoughts around this. And ask the Holy Spirit to give us creative ideas, especially in the day that we live in uh, today. Uh, Jesus taught uh, self-denial. Uh, I want you to see this list. because I, I just was jotting down some things of what Jesus taught. Because if we're going to disciple people, we've got to teach them what Jesus what Jesus is teaching, but look at it. Jesus taught self denial, he taught uh, following, obedience, self control, discipline, uh, having a spiritual mindset, prayer, uh, serving other people, uh, ministering to others. That's, that is what Jesus taught. Uh, new believers who commit to the church for six months to a year and also follow through with water baptism are going to have the success rate of their their Christian life uh, almost jumps to like 70-80%. So what I'm saying is, statistically, if they don't follow through to water baptism, uh, if they don't commit to, um, to a church and to a worship service, those, those key elements um, is going to leave them um, in a weak state. Uh, and so, and I'm going to hit it here in a minute, but I, I think part of discipleship, that key element is we got to put emphasis back on uh, belonging to a church, committing themselves to a worship service. Uh, it's not everything, and so one of the things I'm going to tell you here in a minute in, about Discipleship Format is discipleship does not happen sitting set, in the rows. All right? But, however, attending, sitting in the seat, listening to the messages... Uh, listening to the vision of the church, belonging to the church is part, it's one key element of, of and so we tell our Christians, new believers, uh, I tell them, say, hey, you've you got to be here every Sunday. I'm talking to a guy who is struggling with drug addiction, uh, I said, you, you know, you've got your friends that you're trying to pull away from, you don't have any other option, you have got to attend church every Sunday. If you want to make it, if you want to be a, a, a victorious Christian, if you want to grow your faith in God, then you've got to you've got to belong to this body. And and so we don't need to be ashamed of telling people belong to this church. Uh, come Sunday, make an effort. Do whatever you got to do. Make an effort to to attend a worship service. And so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But uh, and so new believers need to understand what Jesus is teaching, and it's almost changing the mindset of people. Especially in this day, where uh, the time that we live in where people think that attending church is more of a um, uh, well I can i 'm just going to pick what kind of flavor church I want. It used to be in my day, and i i don 't know how old I look to you, but uh, been doing this for a long time um, in my day, it was called uh, you know we, we listen to what God says to us, and we go to the church that that the Holy Spirit and God you know, uh, shares and puts on our heart to attend. And we we follow Him. And we don't leave until God says leave. Well, today we got options. You know, it's, it's, well, I like this style, I like that style. And so that culture, the mindset, is more of a consumer mindset than it is a committed mindset. And we got to help change that. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to help us change the mindset. So it can be almost like a mindset of, of people... Attending a church is like attending a cruise ship. Uh, well, I'm on a cruise. Well, you know what happens when you're on a cruise or on a cruise ship. It's somebody feed me. When's the buffet line? You know, I can't wait to get the lobster tail or, uh, you know, it's, it's like, man, I'm going to be comfortable. I don't have to do anything. I'm dressed in my, in my black tie and I, all this kind of stuff. But we, wanna, we want to, to t- share with people that it's, it's not just a cruise ship, but we're a battleship. A cruise ship doesn't really have a mission; it's kind of just floating and going to whatever island they want to go to. No, a, a battleship has a mission, and we are on a mission for the with the body of Christ. We have souls to reach, we have our city to win. We got to transform the lives of other people, and so the mind sh- mindset shifts in discipleship that that we're not here just to. To uh, appease what we want, our consumer mentality, but it's more of a commitment mentality that we need people who are dedicated and, and committed uh, to, to running this ship, running the, the body of Christ. Are you with me? Alright, so number two today, so we just said number one is a conviction. Get a conviction for discipleship, and you are, that's why you're here today. Get a conviction for discipleship. Number two is creating a system for discipleship. How do I do this? How do I create a system? So I'm looking at, this is not, discipleship is not a program. It's more of a system. It's a DNA. It's a culture change. We're going to create a culture in our church because we believe in the commander's orders, and that is we're going to make disciples. So how do I create a a system? Or you could even call it a culture, that discipleship is just what we do. Now I think your ministries, uh, youth, young adults, um, your children's ministry, uh, your women's ministry, men's ministry, um, uh, your, some of your Wednesday night uh, Wednesday, uh, ministries, the Roll Rangers, Missionettes, all of those ministries, I believe, need to be committed to the discipleship effort. It needs to be committed to the discipleship culture. So we're just not uh, teaching to uh, a bunch of, of, of people. But we're on a mission of, so how do I change it now? So everything we do now, if that's, if that's the case, everything we do uh, is filtered through is, okay, is this going to help create disciples in my groups? And so uh, classroom uh, and or uh, relationship. I, I think here's the thing. There is no discipleship uh, without relationship. There is no discipleship without relationship. So, so, discipleship does not happen in the rows. It happens in circles. It happens face to face. And I think that's why uh, it's a challenge to get discipleship uh, where it needs to be, at the level it needs to be, because it's going to take some work and effort. And it's going to take, because a lot of people are kind of scared to talk to people. Uh, but that's where we've got to help equip them and change that mindset that, that I'm here to make disciples, I'm here to, to build relationships. So, it's not just discipleship now, it's how do I build a relationship? with the intent of of helping this person grow and them helping me grow. So discipleship is both ways. Um, discipleship, um, so the discipleship format. So let's talk about that. What is the format? How do we create this uh, uh, system or the format? Uh, so we know it's not just going to be sitting in the rows, although I think that, again, that Sunday morning worship experience and what we do and that prayer and, and the worship the, together is part of it, small part of it, but that it's a very small part of it. So it doesn't happen to Rose. It's going to happen face to face. Discipleship is learning. Uh, discipleship is learning how to do life the right way. That's all it is. Discipleship is, is learning how to do life the right way. We know how to do life the wrong way. Uh, we've gotten in, in, into messes because we've done it the way either the, the world does it, the culture of the world does it, or the way my human nature, way I was born or whatever, uh, does it. But I needed I needed to learn how to do life the right way uh, to be uh, to be the right kind of believer, Christian, committed to God. And so when I do that, and I tell people that you know when we talk about discipleship, that the Word of God again this comes back to a a conviction. The Word of God has the answers to everything in life. Amen. And you've got to believe that. You've you got to believe You've got to be a student of the Word of God. So if I'm teaching discipleship, if I'm discipling others, I'm committed. So part of this is, is when I'm finding someone to help me do discipleship, I've got to find mature, committed, uh, convicted hearts that, that they believe in the mission of the church. Um, and they believe that the Word of God has every answer that they need in life, uh, and so we got to dig in and find that. How do I apply God's Word? So, discipleship is learning how to do the life the right way. Choosing people, uh, choosing people in your church who have a natural gift for developing relationships and have a heart to see people grow in Christ. So you already know if they say to you, uh, pastor, or if you're a ministry leader, they say, "Hey, how so and so? Uh, how is so and so doing?" They, if they do that a number of times, they may have. They may not be busybodies. They really may have a true heart, and, and you'll have to discern that. They may have a true heart to really care for people. Uh, if you see them getting excited about people uh, giving their life to Christ in your church, note them, mark them down, write them, and take them out uh, for lunch, for coffee, and, and try to ask them some questions and see if they really have a true heart uh, to see people grow in Christ. We, you'd be surprised the number of people that have a true heart to see people and want to see them grow in Christ. Sometimes if they are disturbed about the lack of spiritual maturity uh, of people in your church, that can be an indicator. Uh, and you may have to rechannel that because sometimes if we're not careful, our flesh gets in the way of that aggravation and we can kill people when really it needs to be re- refocused and say, hey, uh, i got to get the compassion of Christ here. Uh, I don't like that they're seeing Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, Sorry, I slipped that out. Um, uh, I don't like the way that they're, they're, um, you know, what some of their behaviors and what they're doing. Uh, I see a lack of spiritual maturity. I see a lack that uh, they're they're struggling in their worship. They're kind of dead in life. Instead of attacking them, we may have to refocus our people to say, hey, we're going to love them right where they are. We're not going to attack them. We're not going to point fingers at them. But what we're going to do is we're going to motivate ourselves. On how can we pull them in close and disciple them to a, a higher, higher Christian standard? How can we uh, get them to grow to where... Because I, I can tell you do's and don'ts. I don't want to do that. I'd rather the Holy Spirit give you the do's and don'ts. So my job as, a, as I'm discipling you is not to tell you, to give you the list. I can give you a list, but that's not going to do you any good. What I want you to do is you develop a, a, a closeness with God to where you get your list. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, this is going to help you. This is going to grow. Hey, this is a danger for you in your marriage and your relationship. Don't do these things. Uh, You know, worship is important. I don't want to make it mandatory that they come to worship. I want them to love God so much that they want to and say, hey, Pastor, I don't want to miss a worship experience at our church. So how do I do do that? Well, that's part of discipleship so uh, you've got to find choose people you have them around you now, uh, provide training you find people you provide training, make a connection with a new believer yes um, yes i 'm going to share a list of resources at the end here it 's actually in your notes if you have them, but there are some great books, some great people that have that are actually doing great works on discipleship and uh, and I think don 't I would just urge you don 't try to Pick my format and run with it. You know, maybe you can pick. He says, "I know that that's what we've done to fit the culture of our church is that we've, you know, read several books. We went and visited several churches who have done discipleship, and then we we just you know we just find what pieces work, and we make sure we have the right key elements. And, and what I'm giving you today is I think that the the foundation, the key elements, are very important. How you do those are going to be dependent on your context, your culture of your church." Yes, no, I, I, at this point, I'm saying people that you can find on your team, you, you train them, train, 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 just don't let them go because you, there's got to be a process to that. And we'll talk about that, that process here in just a second here, but you've got to provide training, put those pieces together, that training piece together and spend uh, a few weeks training your people before you let, release them and let them go uh, to go make disciples. Um, Provide training, make a connection with a new believer. So that's going to be key. Uh, You're going to have to find people that when you do train them, they're going to have to make a connection. They're they're going to have to exchange uh, an email, a uh, a Facebook, a Twitter account, or uh, somehow meet for coffee. Uh, again, because there's no way around it, guys. Discipleship, we're going to have to do it face-to-face. And so invite to dinner, uh, make a meeting. Uh, you're gonna, for new converts, you're going to have to express to them uh, the need for spiritual growth. And, and, and you're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom on how to do that. Uh, and, I, and I think one of it, everyone wants to grow. Everyone wants to be successful. And so if we, we tell them, uh, you know, you're going to be successful. Uh, in your walk with God, you're going to elevate. You know, you talk to, talk to your, uh, um, to a husband. Say, hey, I, you know, would you like to grow in Christ? Would you like to be a better husband? Would you like to be a better uh, employer or employee? Uh, deal with them on their life level. Do they want to grow? And then we're going to help them. Uh, grow in Christ. And we know this, when Christ is growing us, er- it elevates everything in our life. Everything is touched by it. We're better husbands and wives, we're better parents, we are better. If we're really growing, we see the fruit of it. The fruit is there. And so we've got to convince them that the fruit, uh, for sp- when spiritual growth is happening in your life, the fruit is going to be there. It's going to be added. Your wife is going to know and going to sing your praises because you made Him a better husband. And how many know that's, that's a good thing, right? I mean, like, how many of you wives would love for your husbands to just... I know you're not going to raise your hand on this, so don't, don't do it. You already got the best man, all right? So uh, discuss what discipleship and spiritual growth uh, looks like, the plan. Uh, I think you're going to have to get a 6 to 12. I'm just giving you pieces here, okay? I think it's going to have to be a 6 to 12 month. It's not going to happen just in two weeks. Discipleship don't happen in two weeks. It's going to have to be 6 to 12 month commitment. Uh, And you may be even longer than that. But you don't. I want to caution you. Let there be a transition. No one wants to feel like they're the newbie forever. Okay? So there needs to be some thought here of how we're going to transition to where I don't think it's healthy for us to be discipling people for 10 years. Or treat them like that. You know what I'm saying? So there's got to be a thought process of how do I transition this to where they're and I think a good way, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But I think a good way is is to convince them, talk to them, that we want you to to disciple others. We want you to duplicate yourself, and so then they feel like, wow, I'm I'm going to own this. Well, they're owning the commander's the commander's orders. Go make disciples. That's not just for pastors. So uh, <clears throat> discuss the plan. Uh, you'll you'll ex- discuss that plan. Hey, would you like to? So it looked, may look like this. Hey, would you like to enter? Hey, I want to help you uh, be a better husband, be a better uh, student, whatever it may be. Whoever the whoever they are, uh, I, I think I think I think even God, I think you're going to see a, a lift in your in your career. I think you're going to be a better employee. If they're if they own a business, you're going to. Hey, your employees are going to know. Uh, and see something different. That's what happened with Moses when he came off the mountain, had a face-to-face encounter with God. The people knew it, and the people will know. People are going to recognize, and you get them to buy in of, yeah, I, I want to I see God lift my life to new places and new levels. And you say, well, I tell you what, give me a six-month commitment that we'll meet for coffee once a week. We're going to discuss, and we're going to go through this plan of discussing of, of here's what the format's going to look like, It's not just me teaching you. You're going to bring some things to the table too of what God's speaking to you in your personal devotion life and uh, what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. We're going to share. So it's a thing where I'm not looking down that we're, we're across the table. We're on an even plane here. You're going to teach me some things and I'm going to teach you some things. And we're going to grow together. Yes.
0: Yeah, You know? right. Do you still, like, follow through? Like, okay, we're going to do this for six months. And even if, like, they continue to come back, like, three months into it, and it's like they're not really <laughs> putting in, do you still,
1: you personally, do you still continue, like, we're push through in the same way? Absolutely. Like I th- I think disciples, that's what, in Jesus, we follow Jesus' format. He did that. You know, he, you know, he was with them for three and a half years, these guys. And he he dug in a little bit. He pushed into them. He called them, you know, get Tell him, peter get behind me satan you know and so i think maybe we don't use that language um but 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 you said i'm saying but the format the the understanding of as me discipling us i may have to dig a little bit i may have to pull it out because some people their personalities are very quiet they're reserved but i think when you're one-on-one i think but so you gotta you gotta do that yeah uh Yeah. It's like, at what, yeah. It's like at what point you just say, yeah, I think. Absolutely. And I think that evaluation process. Let, let me get to that in just a minute. Hopefully I can do this. Let me get to that part. And if I have an answer, you still got questions. Let, let's come back to those again. Uh, so touch base with them twice a week. Uh, you can do that through a text or email. But I still think don't forget the face to face text and email and and Facebook is not going to cut it all the way through. You're going to have to sit down face-to-face with them. Um, I I think you're going to reflect over scriptures. So some of it may be if you hand them a book, a book that spoke to you. Um, um, I want to be a little practical here, and you may hate it and don't like it, but I'm just going to use it. There's been some people that I've discipled where they have really suffered through uh, just thoughts, man. They're, they're, they're in, very insecure, things that have happened to them. So I'll pick, you know, you may not like it, Joyce Meyer, uh, the Battlefield of Mine. She has some really good principles. Uh, and so I would hand them that book and say, hey, I want you to read this, and we were going to come back. So over coffee, or over that lunch, we're, their assignment, I gave them assignment, they have to talk about it. They may want to talk about football and other kinds of things, but we're, we, this is the agenda, we're going to talk about this and, and I would even have them write a, a reflection, a, a paragraph, a reflection of that chapter, of what. It, how did that speak to you? Uh, people that don't like to read, there's a lot of people that don't like to read so, but that's part of discipleship I, I, want the, I want them to become readers I, I want them to read because they're not going to lift their life to new le- levels and new places if they don't absorb new information uh, and so reading is one way that that, that happens. Okay uh, let me hurry here um, listen, pray, guide, coach, disciple, teach, encourage. Those are some action things that you do. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen to them. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to guide them. You're going to have to coach them. You're going to have to teach them. You're going to have to encourage. Again, that transition plan is another piece of, of that format. How are we going to transition after 12 months or 6 months? or And it may be, I'm just giving you an idea of 6 to to twelve months or whatever that is, it may be longer. You may feel like, man, they're getting they're gaining some ground here, gaining gaining momentum. Let, let's go, let's get, an, let's go another three months. Um, and so, connect. I think some of that transition plan is to connect them to other ministry leaders, other uh, people in your church that are leading. Uh, and get them connected. Don't don't. I see at one danger that we went through is is that because people were uh, I was speaking to people that were very relational. They wanted to hold on, and they can smother sometimes. You have got to be if you're if you're releasing people to do that. That's part of your training is, is that you don't don't let them smother them. Don't let them hover over them like you know the mother of the church. You know we're going to make sure you we disciple you. You can't take that approach. And so we have got to make sure there's a transition plan to where we're releasing them to other ministries. Okay. Uh, Discipleship elements. Let's look at this real quickly here. I'm going to give myself a couple of minutes to fly through this. Discipleship elements. So what are those elements? They are a desire to grow spiritually and be trained, uh, a commitment to growth and training, spiritual growth. Uh, action plan, journaling. I think journaling is important. I think reflection. Some people don't like to do that, so you have to find a way that they're actually going to reflect on what they're reading, what the Holy Spirit is saying to them through their devotional life. They need to somehow journal that. And you can, you can talk about it. Vital spiritual growth books. Some growth books that, some things that spoke to you spiritually, you know, pass it on. Share that. Buy books. Share with them uh, of things that, uh, that's going to really impact their life. <clears throat> Leadership training. Part of discipleship is training them to be leaders. So you may want to integrate that into your format. Uh, that you're going you're to train that give them some leadership skills that's not, that they're not only going to use uh, in the church realm or their faith, but leadership skills can, can move to their, uh, to their career path. Uh, take them to conferences, t- to seminars, retreats. Sign them up for it. Bring them along with you. Our men's, uh, our men's game day uh, man, we, we try to take all of our, our new converts that are men, ladies don't get to go, but are men, and we try to take them, we try to sign them up, So, man, you're going to have a great time seeing other men. There's nothing like seeing, what John does it, five, six hundred men in a room uh, across uh, the Ohio State, knowing, man, there's, there's, there's some other guys that are living for Christ, and we're here. So take them, use those, use those things that are available to to help Sunday morning worship service, I told you a little bit about that, that I really feel that that's very important. And they need to buy into that, that if I'm going to grow, man, I need to hear what the pastor's saying. I need to be a part of this worship experience. I need to sense the presence of God. I need to be praying with other people, you know, in the altars or whatever that is. Uh, personal, uh, personal disciplines, devotions, Bible study, prayer, fasting and giving. Uh, all of those are, are, are disciplines of the faith. Uh, when you give, when you pray, when you fast is what Jesus said. And so there are known givens that, that these are spiritual disciplines that we need to teach them what they're about. <clears throat> let me give you, let me end with this. Um, four measurements. I think this is very important. Four measurements that I think you need to integrate into. This is some of your format. This is some of your elements that you need to, you need to somehow... Uh, when we, you know, when we um, talk about measurements, even with our children, I don't know how many of you use the old, um, you watching your children grow, they would back up to the doorway and mark their head. How many used to do that? All right. So you, they get this tall, you kind of mark, next year they get this tall, and the kids are like, man, I've grown like three inches this year. Uh, and it's funny how my, my son's birthday is today, he thir- just turned 13 years old, and in last year, uh, he is shot up like, I'm no joke, like a foot and a half, man. He's just like, bam. I'm like, wow. Mom's putting miracle Grow in your food, man. He wears t- 10 and a half shoes. I wear 10 and a half. He's wearing 10 and a half shoes. So now he's, he's borrowing my shoes. But he gets the cool stuff, so I borrow his shoes now. Uh, but So we, we mark that. We mark uh, Physical growth. Uh, weight. Hey, jump on a scale. See how much you weigh. We, we kind of see where they're at and weight. Sometimes we see their mental development by their report cards. They come home. We see how our kids are doing at school. Uh, so, we're measuring that. And then responsibility. Hey, we want want you to learn how to, you know, Of course, my kids, you know, I say, clean your room. You know, get the pizza boxes out from underneath your bed and throw them in the trash. My kids don't get to eat in the room at all. Uh, Make sure they're doing the chores, feeding the dog, taking out the trash. So we have spiritual, we have those kinds of developments and measurements for our human, you know, physical growth, uh, mental growth. But what about spiritual growth? And I think these measurements are important. And I think they're the accountability pieces, okay? Number one. And I think this question needs to be asked to our men and women uh, in our church, to our young adults. Am I becoming more responsible to God and His church? Am I? Am I doing better this year than I was doing last year? Uh, are you closer to God than you were a year ago? Are you fitting into the church better today than you were a year ago? That's so that's question number one. So it's a relation, I'm measuring the relationship with God and the body of Christ, vertical and horizontally. Number two, am I becoming more responsible to my family? Do you realize how many marriages we could have saved by asking this question and demanding our men give us a response? Are you becoming more responsible to your wife? Or are you avoiding your responsibilities with your wife and your children? Where a man face to face, you sit down and you you ask, and you've developed a relationship where you can comfortably ask that question: Am I becoming more responsible to my family? Am I becoming a better spouse? Am I becoming a better parent? And so we measure that. That's the accountability piece. Um, number three: Am I becoming more responsible with my resources? You know, Jesus said more about money than he did hell. Uh, and so, teaching people how to become responsible with their 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 resources. Uh, how am I spending money? Am I am I responsible uh, in, in in the way I spend my my resources, my money? Do I do I just spend impulsively? Do we do I have outrageous credit debt? I think that's a, a, a great accountability piece for discipleship. How am I doing with the resources that God has given me? Because if I'm not surrendered, I may say, I may be able to sing and worship and give my life to Christ and, and do all kinds of stuff in worship. But yet, my resources and my time and my gifts and my talents, you know, those are mine. And so, so we, we, we ask those questions, how am I doing in this area? And then fourthly, uh, am I becoming more responsible with my influence Uh, Instead of being just a pew warmer, just someone who sits in the chair, kind of hiding in the church, no. I'm a person of influence, so how am I doing more, am I being more responsible with my influence? Do I I have a bad testimony in my work? Uh, Do I fly off the handle? Do I, am I cussing around my neighbors? Am I, you know beating my kids, and slapping the cat, and kicking the dog outside the yard, and yelling and screaming. My neighbors think I'm a, a lunatic. How am I doing? Am I bad testament to my neighbors, to my friends, my coworkers? Uh, what does my employee, my employer think of me? What do my employees think of me? How am I doing? Am I becoming more responsible uh, with my influence? Spiritual growth, here's the deal guys, spiritual growth will produce a life change, and it is the mission of the church. We, the church, exist to facilitate life change. That's why we exist. We facilitate life change. And um, my time is, is out here. So the mission of the church, establishing core beliefs and fundamental truths, uh, that's where you want to now load up your format now with w- content. What is it going to be? Uh, you're going to have to do uh, talk about the new identity in Christ. You're going to share that with them. Here's who you are in Christ. Uh, the Bible, how to apply God's word and promises to everyday life, culture and core values of the church. They need to know the you know for us it's it's our core values are life. We we are people who give life. We don't just speak death. We're we're life givers. Okay. So I'm a person who we believe it. Uh, our core value is, is we give life. We're life givers. We believe in evangelism. That's core value. Leadership, excellence, honoring others, serving, teamwork. Those are the core values. And we want to teach and train them. Because Jesus said, teach them, teach them, disciple them what I've taught you. Um, we're committed to wisdom. Water baptism, communion, uh, we teach them uh, that water baptism is important. Uh, to follow through with what Jesus... Uh, what. Jesus said Communion, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, uh, those are things. Now I gave you a flow chart, kind of a flow chart, and if you could turn there and look at that real quickly here. Uh, so you have the new believer at the top, we kind of think a little bit better by flow charts here. Uh, what do they do after they become a new believer? To the right or left, either membership class, uh, decision for water baptism is important, That they need to be asked that. Uh, If you come down, you invite them to dinner, discuss the need for spiritual growth. Uh, Next one down, you go to discipleship, you coach and mentor, you assign them, or you find someone to build a relationship with them. And then out of that, you do what we just talked about, strategic training, uh, spiritual growth resources, personal disciplines, Sunday services, the preaching, teaching, worship, communion, tithing, offering, life groups, small groups, uh, we, we try to facilitate them into those. Evaluation, the evaluation process with the four questions that it, I just gave you. When we meet, we evaluate them. How am I doing in these areas, these four areas of my life? Ministry, connection, commitment. I think it's very important that new converts get connected into the church. And so you find a place for them to serve. Uh, and then your ministry leaders who are over those areas, even hospitality, even the parking lot guys, they are, they are, they have a piece of the discipleship process how, you, how, how was your week? Man, I had a rough week. Hey, let me pray with you right now. Let's pray over that. Um, my, my dad's sick. Hey, let's pray with him right now, right there in the parking lot. So you, you have this connecting and building and, and sharing the Word of God uh, with them in all of those areas. Okay, let's do questions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're saying by personalities and personalities, you know, i
0: just
1: Yeah. I, I think um, you know some people are gonna fit better than others, but I think if if we kind of you know, you're just you want to build a relationship where you can share uh, those spiritual pieces in their life and you don't really have both have to like golf in order to do that. You know what I'm saying? You both have, your commonality is the Word of God, and both of you want to grow in Christ. That's your commonality. And, that's, and some are going to be better than others. Some are not going to match up perfectly. But I think the bigger you get, the more people you have on your team, you can do a little better job in, the, in that area. And can I get to the inspirational question, which
0: there's a lot of pushback in our culture. Our individualistic inclination resists. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, my efforts in discipleship always, not always, but frequently come up against that brick wall. That is to say, so far so good, but not any farther. Uh, And I'm not going to give you any more of my life. I don't think it's a personal issue. I think it's just, I'm holding on to that piece of my life. Yes. So at that moment, it seems to me like it's an inspirational question. It's a a catch a vision of God question. Yes.
1: Yeah, I, those are tough ones. And I, my personality, you'd handle my personality. Sometimes I have to stretch myself out of my comfort zone a little bit. But my personality is I don't want to push. I'm not the pushy car salesman. I don't do that. But there are times that I need to be kind of a little bit, I need to dig a little bit deeper. So I think the way you communicate is very, very important. I think if they feel uncomfortable, I don't, I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to feel uncomfortable. Uh, but sometimes, again, I've got to push my, this is my problem, I've got to sometimes come out of that comfort zone and, and know how much to push and how much to ask. But it's always better, guys, when the Holy Spirit does the work inside, you know what I'm saying, than for me trying to operate in the flesh. And I've got to, I go to meetings, I tell my church all the time, I go to meetings and I'm praying the whole way there, Lord, give me wisdom give me wisdom, get, let me say the right words God, let, you know, and so I think and it's not easy, this is where we struggle at, with that, with that right there, and I think talking it through, I think talking through with your groups at home your ministry teams, talking through how to make that process easier and um, I think some good things will come out of it yeah, I think true discipleship is one-on-one I think part, now don't, don't get me wrong there are some elements of discipleship that need to happen in a small group setting, some pieces. And you need to know what they are. I, if you go through my notes, I think you can dig it out some of it, that uh, some of these things need to be done one-on-one. Some of these things they can get through. You have a small group. Let me give you an example, such as you have a small group study on baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're going to learn some things in that environment, especially when they start asking questions, and they're going to listen and hear other people ask questions. They're going to say, wow, that, was, that just changed my life. But then a deeper growth comes when you're face to face and you're you're talking with them one on one because they may share stuff with you that they wouldn't do it in a group. do you think it's fundamentally important that they're a follower of Christ before you start walking with them in discipleship? no, i I'm I'm doing a couple people right now that are not and um that <laughs> We're headed that way and it's up front. They know it. You know, they know I, I'm and I'm asking them, when, when are you going to be ready to, to make this commitment? Uh, so, no, I think I think I think it's part of it, ma'am. Do you have a question? I'm sorry. I'm trying to get you. if it comes back to you or if, if you have questions, you can come to me afterwards and we'll, we'll discuss to anyone else. Someone else raise your hand. Yeah. Chose his disciples. Right. Yeah. And then obviously, he spent a lot of time with Peter, James, and John.
0: So that means uh, uh, prioritizing use time, I'm assuming. Yeah. What's it
1: look like? Yeah, I think naturally it's the ones that, and I think you guys had the question a minute ago, was if, if someone's not getting it, they're just not there all the way, it's not that I give up on them, but I'm definitely going to spend more time, right or wrong, this is the way I do it, I'm going to spend more time with the guys that are hungry, they're di- diving in deep. You know, they're they're gleaning there. And if they have leadership potential where they, they want to reproduce themselves, they want to do the same thing that we're doing. I'm going to spend a lot of time with them. And it's not that I give up on the others that are not getting it. But I may just I may touch base with them. And, yeah. you know, that's the way I do it. Anyone else want to. Yeah. Yeah. And you've reached
0: a plateau, and until you're ready to deal with not going to hmm I'm here to help you. Yeah. I will be careful. Yeah. to deal with
1: Yeah, and I always try to. F- Absolutely. And if people are struggling in those areas that they're really, they may very, be very sensitive to that. I always try to re- refer to them to someone who's going through something similar to, some someone that if they're stuck in that area. Find someone who has had a similar experience and maybe invite them to coffee. Hey, I'm going to invite so and so to coffee with us, and they're going to share their testimony with you. That may help. Yes? Um, early Yeah. So then, how do you bring the alarm to change the culture in your church or your ministry or whatever specific area you're at if you look at tons of believers and they're not teaching people how to live right? Yeah. How do you bring that alarm? Hey, guys, we are not our main function as a church. Yeah, good question. Anytime you change the culture, no, that takes four or five years to change the culture. It's going to take a long time to change the culture. So you got to strategically, uh, as a leader, a pastor, you got to find how do that's that's the that's the million dollar question. What behaviors do we need to change that's going to help change the culture? What do we need to start saying differently? How do we need to communicate differently that's going to change the culture of our church uh, in in that area? So you find out where you want to go, and then okay, Lord, what are the behaviors? What are the Things that we need to say, what do we need to do differently, that's going to get us to uh to the changes that we need to see. And it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, and I was kind
0: of thinking going along with that too, is you know, kind of I don't know if like you the snowball effect or how you know it kind of starts at the top leadership and say capacitor capacitor, you know, finds I don't you know why maybe the one
1: person, you know, that's all there is. Yeah. You know, like disciples them like that, teaches them that, and kind of that takes the process. Absolutely. And may I say, I think part of that change, it may be one on one person. It may be just you, and then you duplicate yourself uh, outwardly. You may not be able to get a room of 30, 40 people like this, uh, and say, okay, we're all going to go do it. Uh, It may start very small of that to where you can kind of evaluate the process, and are we hitting it? What challenges are we running into? Let's reevaluate this. Yeah. Yes, it and, did. I felt it, too. Yeah, and that's
0: exactly it. it. Is I think that's what it is, is you don't leave. You stay there, and you facilitate together. Say, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. You want to come with me? Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of times people feel like when you, like, when you as a leader say, I need help, could you come help me? I mean, you're really actually, your mission is to invest in that. Absolutely. But when they're not the job anymore, they're like, oh, okay, I'll come. Like, you need help. Yes.
1: That's what that is so good. Yeah, exactly. structure discipleship and you have that word on organic, organic where you're doing life with people yes and so come over to my house our kids play with your kids we're sitting around we're doing life together we're discipling they don't realize that they're like a quote-unquote a timothy project right but we're just we're pouring into them yeah and and uh and they're they're gleaning off of the way that you're loving on your kids and loving on your wife and uh, we had, a, we had a, a gentleman living with us for a while. was going through a hard time with his family. And uh, he said one of the most remarkable things to me. He said, you know, it's not anything that you've said to me. It's just how you live life. Absolutely. How you, how you speak to your kids, how you speak to your wife. He said that spoke more volumes to me. Absolutely. Than you could sit down and try to teach me to do. And so I think a key element is that organic, let's do life together. Let's, let's break bread right
0: together. Let's and Let's... Ready to go, to do
1: stuff yeah absolutely and I think the format and the structure needs to be so well in you that you don't have to you know I'm not going to make it feel like they're signing their life away to a six month you know hey it's not going to feel that way at all but in me I know when they're with me I already know my mind some things that the Holy Spirit's already said to me that some scriptures I need to share and you wouldn't believe the young couples that we've had in our home that said man you and your wife I want my marriage to be like yours. Um, we never we're not even talking about marriage. And, and we're sitting there spatting back and forth. I'm slapping her on the butt. You know, we're having a good time. I mean, we're just, we're just ourselves. But, but they're, they're learning uh, how to be affectionate, how to love, and, the, the, and don't underestimate the feeling of peace that you come in your home. And you can't hide that. If your home's a wreck and you're fighting and bickering, and, and they're going to they're feel that. And so when you invite them to do life with you, they're going to learn. But, but the process, the format is in here. It's got, to be, it's got to be here and it's got to be with your team, but don't make it feel that way. Hey guys, I got to dismiss. If you have questions or comments, you can come to me for notes. Uh, you can email me as well. Thank you so much.